Hello, Pod Fam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? I am good. How are you today, Laura? Doing pretty good. Here for another episode, and I've got a fun, I can't even call this a tea, what I'm drinking tonight, so I'm going to call it like a wellness drink instead. What does that mean? (laughs) That can mean so so many things. Well, I was trying to think of how to introduce this tea, and I'm like, it's not really a latte. So this Mm -hmm. is what it is. It's Yogi's Cacao Bliss Organic. That's a that's a lot of words. Yes, it's like, you know, super fun and spiritual and let me just read the description to you. Okay. <clears throat> so, it's organic turmeric, cacao powder, ashwagandha, cinnamon, ginger, pepper and cayenne. This drink will have you blissed out all day. Oh. What a description for a beverage, am I right? Yeah, I I need some of that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've been kind of addicted to it. It's just from like a local tea shop. It was given to my dad. And I think he like read cacao as like cocoa powder. (laughs) So Uh. he made some and it was obviously not hot chocolate. It's kind of like a very earthy, gritty taste. Um, because okay. it is like a powder and, you know, if you hear like a little stirring, that's just me stirring it because you kind of have to mix it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But I just find it like a really energizing and refreshing drink because I haven't really been into coffee lately and that's like usually my my go-to beverage first thing in the morning. But this has been just an awesome replacement and I feel like I can drink it all day where it just gives me like that little bit of boost without feeling like the crash that coffee brings. True. I feel like I need to get me some of that. I know exactly where you got it now. So <laughs> yes, yes. So my dad didn't like it and I tried it. I'm just like, mm, this is a weird drink. I love it because <laughs> I am all about like non-sweet tea-like beverages. And so I traded him my herbal equivalent to this, which is like uh, hot yoga. It's like a cinnamon, ginger, turmeric tea that is a little okay. less, you know, intense and gritty than what this one is nice I feel like that tea suits you yeah yeah no it's been really good uh today I actually have a ginger tea oh bringing back the ginger what a classic bringing back the ginger I don't know my stomach's been kind of funny the last like two days so I don't know the ginger seems to help yeah there's nothing better than ginger for that anything stomach or digestion related ginger Yep. And I brought out my giant tea mug again, so it'll keep me hydrated for the entirety of this episode. Nice. So you've got the soup bowl ready to go. I I do, except it's not actually a soup bowl. It's just a really, really tall coffee mug, but the soup bowl sounds more fun. Yes. (laughs) Though I do have a soup bowl-esque tea mug that I think I need to break out again because it's super cute. Perfect. So what are we going to be talking about today? Again, I'm not quite sure what episode number this is, but you know, we're just going with how we feel. Yeah, we just roll with it. We just roll with it. So today we thought we just maybe have a little discussion about romantic relationships and the lessons we've learned over the years. Oi. (laughs) We had to uh, bring it down to four lessons altogether because we realized that we could probably go on for like three hours. And as much as I'm sure you guys love to hear our beautiful voices, I don't think that three hours of that would be uh, too fun to listen to. No, no one would like ever 
update again, <laughs> but we yeah. narrowed it down to four. And as always, we love hearing your stories and tips. So make sure you send them to us so we can read them and share them. Yep. We're about to uh, expose ourselves. And let me tell you, we've been uh, by each other's sides for majority of our romantic relationship experience. So you're about to get some tea. Oh, yes. There has been some major tea over the years when it comes to learning how to date, finding your people, managing everything, and all that fun stuff that comes with relationships. Yep. I was the queen of doing kind of stupid things, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to start us off with lesson number one? Absolutely. So lesson number one, and I think this is almost one of the most important lessons, And that is to maintain your own time and your own people. I find like when you get into a relationship, yes, it's super exciting and you just want to spend every second of the day together, but you cannot lose your sense of self when you're in a relationship. And it's very important that you keep your own life going that is outside of that relationship. You know, maintain your other relationships such as friends and family because Let's be realistic. We don't know how every relationship is going to end, if it will, or if it's going to go on forever. But it's really important that if anything were to happen to that relationship, you are not by yourself because it can be very easy to just become so involved with one person that everything else in your life has been let go. And kind of jumping off of that as well, if you're in a relationship where it almost feels like you don't have space for the things you love and the other people in your life, or you feel like the person that you're with is taking you away from those things and separating you. I'm not going to lie. It's probably not the right person for you. Red flag. Red flag right there. If you guys don't take anything else away from this episode, please take just point number one. Mm -hmm. Now, Rachel, do you have a personal experience to why this lesson is so important? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You knew I was going to ask. Oh, I know. And I was like, of course, this is going to be point number one. But yes, I had my first boyfriend when I was 19. And I think I had a lot of romantic energy that I needed to get out. And I really wanted that first boyfriend experience, would you say? Yes, I think that's an accurate way to put that. Yeah, so basically I met this guy and he was very good looking. We were very physically attracted to each other and I was still pretty young. So I didn't put a lot of thought into how well matched we were personality wise or values wise. I was like, ooh, boyfriend, this guy's interested in me. Let's go. Um, Laura didn't like him. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I better, I better pipe in here. So Mm -hmm. I still remember very vividly the first time we met him and I don't remember it at all. So I'm really excited for this. You've just probably repressed it. Um, (laughs) Rachel was so excited for us to meet her new man. I think you guys had been like hanging out for maybe a couple weeks at that point. Yeah. Well, I I wanted to make sure that you had met him before I started to date him. Yeah, had to get the girlfriend's approval. Yeah, except now you're like the final boss that my new boyfriend has to uh, 
impressed. So I'm like, you can meet her like in four months. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. It secretly makes me super happy that like I am the most terrifying. It's like a badge of honor. It's probably terrible of me to say that, but like, I'm like, yes, you know, parents, parents are easy. You got to impress Laura. Yeah. You got to keep them a little scared, you know? Okay. Absolutely. But back to the, yeah. back to the story time. Yes. So we were going out for dinner and it was Rachel, her new man, myself, and one of our other girlfriends. So our, our friend and I, we were dressed like super casual, like t-shirts, ripped jeans, just like whatever. We're going to go sit out on a patio and have a couple drinks. I'm pretty sure I was as well. Yeah, I think you were too. And in yeah. walks your man in this like button down white shirt with the dress pants and the vest. And I'm yeah. like, oh God, like were we supposed to dress up with this like a more formal thing? I hated that vest with a burning passion too. Like, <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah. So like first impression, he seemed like really nice guy and all that. And I'm sure he was like super nervous to be meeting two of your best friends. So like I was pretty lenient that night because he did, he did seem like a really nice guy. Yeah. He would never stop holding my hand, which in retrospect, that drives me, that would drive me crazy today. Yeah, you'd be like, give me my space. I can sit here in a chair by myself. Yeah. Um, first impressions, I was just like, no, okay. Like, he seems nice. Like, he seems kind of nervous and a little bit distant. But, you know, it's really hard to just all of a sudden be at a table with two other women who are probably judging your every move. So, yeah, I was like, okay, seems nice, seems, seems good. But it was all like the interactions after that always yeah. kind of felt the same where mm -hmm. it was like this huge front. And then yeah. that's kind of when I was just like, okay, why are, you, why are you putting up this wall and this mask? What are you, what are you trying to hide? And that's just like a, a gut feeling that I had from him. So yeah, yeah that was kind of like my initial impression, but you carry on there. Yeah. Honestly, when I reflect back on that relationship, that's basically how the whole thing was for me too. I just, it was my first boyfriend, whatever. Um, and I just over time noticed because we were long distance because I was in school at the time and he lived in the town that Laura and I grew up in. So I would be driving back and forth and I would make sacrifices for my of my time for him, but not because of the fact that I was like, oh, I really want to like sacrifice this time for you. It was more that say I would drive up for the weekend and he would be working and I would say, okay, what time are you going to be home? Because depending on when you're back, maybe I'll go see my horse. And he would say, oh, I'll be back at five. And it would be like 4 p.m., whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'll stay because I hadn't seen him for a week, maybe two, depending on exams. Laura, I kid you not, he would show up at 9 mm -hmm. p.m. Or sometimes later, as I recall from, from your many phone calls. <laughs> or sometimes later. So pretty much I was giving up my time with my horse but it wasn't my choice. I was put into a box of housewife. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just very not me. And it wasn't like, oh, he wanted me to help maintain the house and be there and like help cook and stuff. But I had my own life. Like that's all he wanted me to be. Yeah. Like, like you had to be at home waiting for him to get home whenever he felt like it. Yeah. And I also like can't, necessarily remember what the relationship was between me and my relationship with you at the time like how he was influencing that but I think it was more he just took so much of my time that I could never give anybody else any yeah like, I don't really remember 
yeah and it was kind of one of those things like like I I totally get it you got your first boyfriend it's super exciting and you want to spend all your time together so like that from the outside like I I got it. It's new and exciting, but it was more like as the months went on, it was like all your time was with him. And yeah. we would try and schedule things with like other friends and all that. And you you would sometimes last minute cancel or you know, just just stuff like that where it felt like we had gone forever without seeing you and you had also kind of instantly moved in with him as well mm-hmm. because obviously you're young. You want to, you know, not be staying at your parents' house. You want to be out, especially if you have a boyfriend with his own place. So it was just like almost zero to 100. Your lives just merged and we're like, whoa, where did our friend go? Like that's that's kind of how the outside felt uh, looking mm-hmm. into that situation. Yeah. And if I recall like – I was never canceling last minute because I didn't want to be with you guys. It was like just something would come up where he would like demand my attention. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like, oh, no, I need you to go this place with me. Or like, no, I've only got this time off. So like you need to hang out with me. Yeah. So the perfect example that would just encapsulate this that I can recall was when he would come visit me at school And I would say, oh, when are you going to be here? Because that's going to influence whether I go out with my friends or not. Because I had just made a really great friend group. And I was like, if you're going to be here at like one in the morning, then I'll just come home and meet you here. But if you're going to be here at 10, then I'll wait for you and then we can go together. And he would say, oh, I'll be there at 10. So I would not go out. And then he would show up at one. Yeah. And Again, he was just like, oh, well, she's going to be there waiting for me, so I can show up whenever I feel like it. Yeah, I definitely did not have time for my own people. And if somebody is kind of manipulating you in a way that pulls you away from the things you love and the people you love, that's not a good person for you because they're controlling your life as opposed to being an asset to it. Yes, just like you said there, that it's also a fine balance of the person you're in a relationship with. They need to respect your own time and and your people and then you know thinking of yourself you need to also make sure you maintain that side as well and not get so caught up in the relationship that it's just the two of you yeah and like kind of perfect example of growth at the moment is my boyfriend who I'm with now we've only been together for three months sort of thing And I think this time around, I've done very well with maintaining my relationships outside of it. And the thing that we're working on now is more maintaining time to do the things that we want to do. But I also think that that's more of a learning curve early in the relationship where you want to spend all your time together and then you have to figure out, okay, but I have this other responsibility and such, but I'm glad that I'm not sacrificing my relationships at all. Yes, I I agree 100% with that. And I can definitely relate. You know, I have a very busy life, but my relationship is also very important. So, you know, it's it's the balance of communication being like, okay, here's what I want to do with my time this week. What do you want to do with your time this week? Okay, where do we schedule in our time where we can just be us? Yeah, there's a lot of value in learning how to do your independent projects in your each other's energy. So you're together, but you're not completely focused on each other. Yeah, like, you know, further down the road when you decide to move in with each other, you know, that's that's 
So mm-hmm. you're not going to want to spend, at least I don't know very many couples who want to spend 24-7 together with each other. Maybe at yeah. first a little bit because it's all exciting that you're playing house. Mm-hmm. But eventually you're going to want to be able to do their, your own thing and, again, communicate with your partner that this is what you want to do and they have the freedom to do what they want to do as well. Yep. Do you have an experience with that? I didn't really know you that well when you first started dating your boyfriend on like a friend, like deep friendship level. Yeah, it was kind of different. Um, When I started dating and everything like that, I was the same age as, you know, my other friends that that we hang out with. So we were kind of all experiencing that together. So I'm definitely going to say like it happened where, you know, we all got super consumed with whoever we were with. But Mm -hmm. it was almost one of those things where we were all doing it at once. So no one was aware. Yeah. So then when we had someone who was in that stage after we had been through that stage, then it was like that huge highlight of just like, oh, ooh, that looks familiar, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where I can relate to it from that point of view. Yeah. It was definitely different going through that experience at 19 when your best friend was 24. I wasn't that old. (laughs) Weren't you 24? No. Were you 23? Yeah, I was like 22, 23. Jeez. I just just remember that you turned 24 that year. Oh, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. You were four years older than me. That was a big age difference at the time. Yeah, and by that time, like, I was already a year and a half into my current relationship. Yeah. But on the note of your current relationship, I do want to ask, how is balancing your time and your relationships going now that you guys are living together? You know, I I have to be honest. I think it's going better than I expected. But again, I'm probably definitely the one that has more on her plate than my boyfriend right at the moment in the current state of the world. So it's just a lot of communication and scheduling. And it's also really nice and reassuring to hear from him that he's just like, no, I want you to go, you know, ride your horses on the weekend, enjoy yourself, see your friends, see your family. Now, I don't know if that's just because we've been together for seven years, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely nice where I feel like maybe if we were a little younger and newer in our relationship, it would be a little bit harder because we might still have like that dependency of each other. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Definitely. You guys had been ready for this step for like two years before you actually did it. Yeah, exactly. Like we dated for a couple years in university and then a lot of our relationship was post-grad. So we've kind of had that time of, you know, we did do distance for a very long time. So from that, I think we've just always had that base level of, you know, we have our own things going on. So that's kind of my explanation for that. I love that. That's good to hear. So point number two is don't sacrifice what you want. Now, I feel like we have very different interpretations of what this is. So I would love to hear yours. Okay. Mine is more about not settling for somebody that doesn't meet your expectation, not your expectations, because sometimes our expectations can be way too high, but not settling for someone that doesn't meet what you know you're worth. Yes. Because... I know that both you and I have very strong personalities and we're both very independent. And when I was younger, I would try to fit myself in a box with somebody who, to be honest, didn't want someone as independent as me. And I would try to change myself and such. And I wasn't very happy 
And I think over time, I just realized, especially over the last year where I took a break, like just by being patient, you're eventually going to meet somebody who can meet you where you're at. And it's way better to wait it out and be happy because you can fully be yourself with somebody than try to fit in a box that's just not you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that, especially for you. And I know for myself, I was definitely trying to mold to other people's expectations for a very long time. Yeah. And then finally, I was just like, this is how I want to be. And my partner has to fit with that and I have to fit with them. Yeah. And on that note as well, I was way happier waiting and working on myself than I was settling for someone who wasn't right for me. Yeah. And just jumping from like person to person. Yeah. And hoping that something will stick or that you'll maybe find somebody that fully accepts you for who you are. When at the time, you might not even really accept you for who you are. But that is a conversation for another day. (laughs) Yeah. And that actually kind of leads into my interpretation of what this is. And I think I've probably mentioned it in previous episodes, but this almost makes me think back to when I was like 19, 20 and first started dating where Mm -hmm. I didn't have the confidence in myself to, you know, again, put myself out there and being like, hey, this is what I want. This is who I am. Either it works for you or it doesn't. And, you know, just like how you were saying, that's where I found myself being like, okay, whatever you want, it's great because you're giving me attention and I want to keep this attention. Yeah. Um, And then this is probably a story I have actually said already, but when it came to someone I was dating, I was Mm -hmm. kind of hoping that this relationship would move into like the boyfriend girlfriend status because I really wanted a boyfriend like just how you wanted your first boyfriend I wanted my first boyfriend yeah but for him he was just like um no sorry girl like don't really want to be exclusive you're great but that's not what I want and then in my response of saying okay well you know what that's not what I want either let's go our separate ways. I was just like, oh no, like I totally just want to be like casual. Like it's fine. Cool. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want to lose, to lose this person because like, I was just like, oh my God, like would I ever like meet someone else? So toxic (laughs) right there. I had those thoughts all the time. Yeah. Especially when you're young and you know, some women, they can just do it. They can lay it out flat and this is how they are. I was not someone who was like that. Like I've kind of grown into that type of person and the more confident I've become in in relationships and with myself. Yeah. But for that first little bit, it was really hard. And, you know, it's just kind of sad to think back of like I valued myself and my values so little mm-hmm. that I was willing to agree to whatever a guy told me to agree to. Yeah, that really just hit deep. <laughs> I feel like a lot of women have been there. Like, you know, wasn't confident in my body, wasn't confident in my personality or who I was. So as soon as someone was just like, hey, you're cute. I was just like, yes, (laughs) I need to keep you forever. (laughs) Like it's not good. And for us, as we've definitely mentioned before, like we didn't date in high school. So we were always watching people form their first romantic relationships around us. And definitely there were people probably interested in us, but our focus was so elsewhere that when we first started getting that attention, we were like, oh. Yeah, in high school, we were way too shy for that. I definitely was at least. Oh yeah, I again, I've probably said it, but I couldn't even really look at a boy until I was like 20. (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true yeah good times 
mm-hmm. good times. So do you have anything else to say on that point? Uh, if you have like a dream, don't sacrifice those dreams for somebody else. Unless it makes sense, like you guys have been together for six years and you're engaged to be married. But I'm more meaning early on when you're building your career and your future, like don't give up opportunities for somebody. Yeah, definitely don't put yourself in a box for a person. Um, at the end of the day, no one else is going to look after you. You got to look after you. Exactly. So that That's all I got to say on that one. All right. On to point number three, which is respond, don't react. So you were thinking of this one. So I want to know what you uh, what you have to say. Okay. It was more just a recent lesson in my relationship where I was definitely, you know, going back to point number one, we had been spending like a lot of time together because uh, I'm currently in the process of moving and he was helping me move, obviously. So we had a week where like, I literally saw him every single day and I'm a very introverted person. So I need my alone time to recharge, right? Breach. Yeah. And (laughs) I felt myself, and this is also a pattern that I have had in past relationships where I realized that being alone is safer than being in a loving relationship. So I would never fully let myself get to a point of falling in love. And I would always keep the relationship a little bit sour. So I would start trying to pick fights if you hurt them first and leave first, then you're you're safe. Your heart doesn't get broken. Exactly. And I am in a place now where I do want a future with him, but I noticed myself falling into that pattern the other day about two weeks, three weeks ago, where I was starting to pick things to be annoyed at or to like start little fights. Yeah. I didn't start any of them, thankfully, because I thought to myself, I was like, okay, in the past you've chosen people where like, yes, there was something glaringly wrong. But in this case, like there's nothing wrong. He's a wonderful person. You're in a very loving relationship. This is clearly a you problem. And I sat with that for a bit. And I was like, okay, so what little external triggers have all pooled together to make me irritated? And I figured out, okay, one, I need some space just to recharge. And two, I'm dealing with a pattern that has been a bit pervasive in my past as a defense mechanism so that I don't get my heart broken. It really taught me the value of being like, okay, before I just react like that in a really negative way, I need to understand why I feel this way. And you know what, if it is something that they're doing, then yes, respond and say like, hey, this is really bothering me and upsetting me. But sometimes it might genuinely just be you and you might need a nap. You might just need a nap. Just need some lunch. (laughs) That too. One time he bought me ice cream and I was like, my attitude is gone. (laughs) It's amazing how ice cream does that to you, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I want to know your thoughts on that because I was like, huh, sometimes I am the problem. Oh God, I know. I know. Like it's about 50-50. Sometimes he's the problem. Sometimes I'm the problem because no one is perfect in any sense of themselves or in a relationship but I just want to say before like I kind of go off on my tangent that I'm really proud of you for recognizing that and stopping yourself from falling back into that old pattern because I know that's such a huge thing for you to be working on your patterns and breaking them where needed and that's that's just a lot of growth from where you've you've come from over the years in in your relationship. So, good job, Rachel. Very proud. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> this is like the best gift I could have gotten today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. Um, so yeah, like my version of this, I, I agree exactly with what you say. Sometimes it's not what the person is doing. It's your issue. I definitely can relate to this because I am like, like I'm not a difficult person, but I'm a difficult person person I like things a certain way I love my independence and for me like my breaking down the barrier is letting people in and merging my my life with theirs because I just know my own path so well that I get a little nervous when I try to mix you know different worlds together because I just want everything to be great so that's where I can get very snippy and kind of lash back when things are not going my way. I am trying Mm -hmm. to work on it because I come from a family. We kind of have this quick fuse temper and then it's gone. But I actually heard this on a different podcast not too long ago. And it was this woman. She was in the finance industry, of course, because that's what I nerd out to on podcasts. Mm -hmm. But she was talking about her marriage and she had like three young kids And she was just like, you know what? I just got so tired of losing my shit over, you know, something not being in the right place or like a dish being left in the sink. And I don't fully agree with what she says, but I I understand and I Mm kind of get it and try to act on it where she was just like, okay, you know what? The the dish being left in the sink, maybe it's not mine, but it's kind of like my problem that I'm bothered with it. So yeah. She's just like, instead of lashing out at everyone, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to clean the dish and then it's done. Yeah. And like, I totally get that. And I try to use that mindset a little bit. Now there is a fine line. You should not be the one doing all the housework or expected to do everything because that is not fair in a relationship. And my boyfriend and I, we are always trying to communicate of like, okay, I cook dinner. You do dishes. I'm going to put the laundry in. I'm going to fold it when it comes out. Like we try and work on that balance. Is it perfect? Absolutely not because I definitely like things a lot tidier than he does. But instead of starting like a really petty fight over the laundry being left on the floor, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to pick it up and we'll just like fold it together or something. Like I don't need to make a huge deal out of it because I can definitely be someone who will make a huge deal over the tiniest thing. Relatable. Look at us. We're so mature now. We're almost like adults. Trying. (laughs) I usually, usually at least once a day, there's something I'm just like, why are you doing it that way? That's not the correct way of cutting a tomato, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So. I mean, I feel like we also have to acknowledge the people we were raised by. Yes. When you have very like strict, particular parents about how things are supposed to be done, you kind of take that with you as much as you don't want to become your parents. You kind of do. You kind of do with the older you get. Yeah. So, you know, going back to the respond, don't react. I am trying to like think through what I am trying to communicate as like my expectation. And I have to weigh the responses because I'm just like, okay, is this something like irrational that it only drives me crazy? Or is this something Mm -hmm. where it's like, no, no, this is not us being equals. So that's what I'm trying to work on right now. Love that. Yes. All right. Point number four. 
Yes, point number four. What's point number four? Well, I feel like this one really rolls nicely into what we've just discussed because it's not every day is going to be rainbows and sunshine in your relationship. You're going to go through lulls and it's no big deal. This is something I've definitely had to learn since moving in with my boyfriend because going back to saying what we did before where you are together 24-7 and we are people. We don't wake up happy to greet the day every day. Sometimes we wake up and we're sad. Sometimes we're just mad for no reason. There's never a time where we're like, okay, everything's perfect and I'm perfect all the time. No. And the same goes for your partner where something like I've had to work on is I used to, it was almost like in my mind where I'm like, well, I'm having a down day. So like I can be down. But then if he was having a down day, I'd be like, that's not acceptable. Like I need to make this better or like you need to cheer up or something like that. So that's definitely something I have learned over the past few months where you have to respect someone's feelings and if they need to go sit in a dark room and be by themselves for a day it's okay let them do that you know offer your love and support if they need it but let them do what they need to do laura spitting straight facts today (laughs) (laughs) it's because i live it i live this so you know it's all fresh in my mind yeah to be honest I don't have much to add to this point because I'm still in the honeymoon phase. Yeah, you're, you're in that sweet spot where it's just like, it doesn't matter what you do. It's great, right? Yeah. One thing I've noticed is because we're both working, our lulls come with who is most tired that day. And it's just getting used to um, how the other is when they really just need some space, you know? Yeah, yeah. You guys are still in that like, figuring each other out of like the boundaries of of your emotions and one thing I was thinking about with this point was that like a relationship is almost like you know your monthly cycle where Mm -hmm. you have a period and it's great and it's awesome and you love each other so much and like you're very lusty and and want to be together but then you know there's the time where you're just like oh like I just need my space I want to be alone everything you do is annoying me and like what am I doing and all that kind of stuff or like we're not doing like fun stuff together it just feels like we're existing but then it comes back up again you know like it's just it's just life I find and Mm -hmm. one thing I used to I never used to think I was like very PMSy and even my boyfriend would say he's just like you're never bitchy around your period right like you're always just so so chill and (laughs) non-threatening yeah and I honestly find now that we're together 24 7 because I used to think the same I'm just like yeah I'm not really that bitchy like I'm always really happy to see you and now the week leading up to my period I'm like don't fucking touch me yeah <laughs> I'm just like wow where did this person come from but I well, think you that see goes back right to like the more 24 7 of just like okay you don't have to be intimate all the time and want to be like cuddling and every second of the day yeah well I was about to say that uh this is the first time where you've literally been waking up next to each other every single day yes so it's different than uh when you guys would have your weekends together yeah especially because we were in a long distance relationship time that you had together you did not want to spend it fighting because you were so excited to be with them so it's definitely different when you have this complete swap to living with each other so now it's like okay we have copious amounts of time together 
and it's not realistic to maintain this constant high. You're going to get burnt out. I don't know. Maybe some people are in blissful happiness every day. To me, that's just not real. And it's not not sustainable. No, it's not sustainable. And it's really hard the first few times that you do go through these, these lulls that will last like, you know, it could last a couple hours, could last a day, a couple days. You honestly get to a point where you're just like, oh, like, what am I doing? Like, should I just throw the towel in? You really start Mm -hmm. to second guess yourself. And sometimes there's very good valid reasons of red flags and things of why you shouldn't be together. But then when you do Mm -hmm. sit sit down with your emotions and think about it, you're just like, okay, no one is actually doing anything wrong in this relationship. We just need like a little space or, you know, I'm going through a really stressful week or he's just feeling kind of down right now. And it comes with the respect of each other's emotions, I find. Yeah. And that actually really nicely circled back to point three. Yeah. Yeah, really. And I think as well that just shows what an adult relationship is like where unless it is like a glaring red flag, then like, honey, get out of there. But when you're working all the time and when you've been in a relationship for X number of years and such, it's it's not really like the movies where you're going to be passionately in love all the time. And at a certain point, love is a choice. Yes. And you have to continue to choose that person every morning, no matter how shitty it is or how boring it is or how exciting it is. You're exactly right. Because yes, say you'd been together for three years and you're going through a very boring time. So you're like, maybe I'll throw in the towel and start dating again or date somebody new. And like, yes, that's going to be exciting for a time, but you're going to fall back into the same situation with that new person because that's just how life is. And you can't live in passionate bliss 100% of the time because that's not how humans Yeah, work. and you just hit it on the head there. And that's when, like, you have to go back and think about yourself as an individual and lay it out on a, on a time frame. You're not blissfully happy in your own life every day, so you can't expect other people or even your relationships to be that way either. And I'm so glad that you brought up the point about movies and the relationships that are portrayed in in those films because I'm finding, I guess lately a lot, but it's always been there, where people on like Instagram will be showcasing like, oh, we went on a cute little picnic and like took pictures of each other and like, oh, we're so blissfully in love and all this. And that, again, it's just like painting this image that isn't telling the whole story because what you probably didn't see was their argument on what they were going to make for sandwiches for their picnic. So I, Mm -hmm. I feel like, again, social media really gets in there where we're only seeing the blissful and the best of relationships And you're not seeing like everything else. Yeah. And then even like tie in the existence of dating apps and the fact that it's so easy just to do some swipe, swipe, whatever. I think people don't really, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a big collective impression that love shouldn't be as much work as it really is, but relationships are work. Yeah, and you think back to, you know, our, our grandparents who've like, my grandparents have been married for over 75 years actually they're coming up on their 77th anniversary this year Mm -hmm. and you know they'll be the first ones to say you know and even my my mom who when she was a child and stuff she's just like you know their marriage was never perfect but every day they woke up and they decided to fight for each other so 
and I don't yeah. I don't want to get all um, into stats here, but I don't know if that's kind of why we're seeing a surge in divorce rates after a few years because people mm-hmm. are getting married when they're blissfully happy, and then you know real life sets in and all that, and then they they realize that they've got to work for this relationship, but you know maybe they don't want to work for it. I feel like I'm just gonna get super added for that, but you know I felt like it had to be said. Yeah. I, I agree. I feel like that is a huge topic, though. That is a discussion. Oh, for absolutely. Day. And it's definitely the changing times. You know, everything is so fast paced and in our world today. And uh, convenience is a huge thing where, you know, going back to people who are who are much older, like our grandparents age and sometimes our, our parents, um, the society norm was like you got married and you stayed together. So I don't know. I don't know if that's just like mm-hmm. a values thing of what we're dealing with now where their generation, you know, they had to work hard to be together where ours is just like a little bit more of that cancel culture, which I absolutely hate. You know, as soon as it gets hard, they're just like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. And then they're on a dating app the very next day. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the cycle, like you said, starts over again. And, you know, I've almost felt myself falling victim to it, especially when my boyfriend and I first started living together. It was just kind of you know, yes, we know each other so well, but it's very different when you are then in each other's spaces all the time and you have your moments mm-hmm. of questioning. You're just like, what am I doing? Like, should I just be on my own and all that? But then you you look at them and you're like, oh my God, but I love you so much and I see so much for our future that I want to put in the work and I want to make us better every day. Of course, it takes two people for that. You know, yeah. it does not take one person for that. It takes two people to agree to work every day. Fight for the one you love, guys. Fight for the one you love. Exactly. But make sure they're fighting back for you. Yeah, if they're not, then fuck them. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <I can> leave. <laughs> you you deserve a lot better in that case. But if they're if they're putting an equal amount of energy towards the relationship as you are, then yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have any final thoughts on, on relationships today? I do not. I think as we brought up certain points, I'm like damn, we got like three more episodes that we could do on little topics we brought up here. Yeah, everything everything could just be its own episode. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say on relationships, but I have to say I am kind of sad because you didn't ask me a particular question at the start of our show today. Oh, do you have a tea fact for me? Yes, I do. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I even came prepared and I was waiting for you to ask and you never asked me. I'll only My ask you on the broken. days when you're not prepared. I hope you know that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you will. So today's tea fact, I wanted to share on brewing times and water temperature. Oh, yes. We're learning because science we, today, guys. Yes, you are. So, you know, most people, they will turn on their kettle and it will like boil like crazy and then they'll just pour it into their cup of tea with their tea bag or loose leaf tea, whatever they are drinking. However, that is not what you should be doing depending on the type of tea you are drinking. Okay, so I'm doing it completely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's find out because you might be drinking a particular tea that can take that extreme heat. Okay. But let's start at the beginning. So if you are drinking a white tea, this is a tea that you want to think of as being very soft and delicate in its flavor. So you actually want to boil your water a little bit lower to about like 175 degrees. Mm -hmm. And now obviously I don't expect people to be like taking the temperature of their water ballpark range. 
the point I'm getting at is boil your water and let it sit for a few minutes. Okay. Just to let it come down a few degrees. And then you pour it into your teapot because you can actually burn your tea leaves and the flavor will come out a lot more like bitter than what you expect it to be. Okay. So I don't drink white tea, so I'm good on that one. Yeah, you're good on this one. But if you are a white tea drinker, it's a beautiful tea. It's very light. Um, Still has a little caffeine, but not too much. And that one you want to steep for about four to five minutes. And that would be enough to get the soft flavors out without getting it like overly saturated in the green tea flavor. Mm -hmm. Green tea, very much the same. You do not want to burn these leaves. So you're going to, again, let your water sit before pouring it in the teapot. This one, because it's a little bit more oxidized, you only have to steep it for about three to four minutes. Okay. I'm doing that one wrong. I'm sorry. Okay. Just just don't burn the leaves, okay? Okay. I'll do it for that's you. That's all I ask. You can steep it. I am someone who continuously steeps their tea, so like I ignore all these times, but if you're kind of looking for that, I guess, perfect cup of tea that isn't too strong, especially when it comes to the green teas, three to four minutes. Yeah. When it's chai tea, I just leave the bag in all day. Oh, yeah. And that's totally different. So if you're drinking like an oolong tea or a black tea, this one can take a little bit more heat. Again, like don't pour boiling water onto it. Let it, you know, stop boiling before you pour it in the teapot. And these ones are like a three to four to five minute. Again, black tea gets very strong. So you really don't want to like oversteep this tea or else it's going to taste like very bitter and you're going to lose the flavors of um, what's been added in. It's going to taste like ass, guys. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, I had to make it rude. I don't know. (laughs) No problem. And then for, you know, my favorite type of tea, and I think yours as well, you get into the uh, dried herbals and even the fresh herbals. So these ones, because they are not actual tea leaves, and they're usually more like solid spices and that kind of stuff, they can actually take a lot more heat. So that's where you can, you know, really boil the pot to like 212 degrees Fahrenheit. And if you pour it in, it's not going to like burn anything at all because the roots are a lot harder to steep Mm -hmm. in the water. So that's where you want to be like five to 15 minutes with your steep time. Personally, I'm like, I throw it in there and I never take it out because I'm the stronger, the better when it comes to herbs. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is your little tea fact for today. Don't burn your tea leaves. I'm doing the herbal tea one right. This is so exciting. Yes, yes. And like I love a good strong herbal tea. So it could like sit there for half an hour or more. And I'm like, it's fantastic because you can't really oversteep too many herbal teas. I guess there's a few, but on the whole, like, if it's a peppermint, you want that peppermint flavor. You oh, know, yeah. if it's ginger, you really want the ginger flavor. So it's pretty hard to get them to go bitter or anything like that. Well, thank you for the tea fact. I really appreciate it. And on the subject of tea, how would you like to leave us off? I think I'm going to leave it off with our usual of live like tea. Live like tea. <laughs>